We're officially on. All right. We're fucking on. We're on. And today we have Mitch. Mitch Wayland. Thanks for joining us, man. No worries. Thanks for having me. Good to have you, man. So we've been trying to get you on for a while now just to chat about a few different bits and pieces. So Yeah, we've been trying to get here for a little while. A good few weeks. We're here now. We had we had a good good chat on the phone like last week because he was like, Oh, I'm, I'm gonna come up, I'm gonna come on. Let's talk about AI and let's let's talk about um, aliens and all that kind of shit. I'm like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, let's dude. do it, let's do it. That's what we want. Uh, repping the repping the merchandise, well, merchandise the the uh, company merch as well for Pot Plant Paradise. Good logo, yeah, on was, the green uh, background as well. One was, of one of multiple businesses you run. You're an entrepreneur at 26, by the sounds of it. Um, mm. You mentioned before we started that you've obviously been landscaping um, for how many years was it now? Eight years. I've been in the landscaping industry for now. So that's, you've started that fresh 18, came straight out of school and did your apprenticeship or talk us through how that came about. So, so I haven't actually got an apprenticeship, believe it or not. Uh, I went straight into the field uh, with, an, with a, uh, a friend of my father's. And uh, that was at age 17, just right out of school, maybe, maybe a month out of school. Uh, from there, I just, I loved it so much. I was actually enrolled into university to study accounting, but I love being outdoors. So I, I, I quit that idea. Three days after I turned 18, I decided I would start my own business and I started in the just gardening and mowing. And I was, I was learning throughout this period with my old boss at the time. Uh, he, he, very knowledgeable bloke, that guy. He worked on a golf course for 30 years. So, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so when you first started, it was just gardening and mowing. Cause like you and I have never talked about, um, SA Premium and kind of how it started and stuff like that. So this is all new, new news information to me as well. So um, kind of like what, what do you mean? You were just doing like bushes and dr- and trimmings and grass and you know mulch and all that kind of stuff. And there was no more commercialized stuff or no. So when I when I first started in in fact it was called Mitch's Mowing and Landscaping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and as we progress, I decided I'd better take my name out of there and try to make it a little bit more more professional, but. Um, I started the business with no money down. Um, I started with what I had at the time and I borrowed equipment from family members to, to get started. Uh, I printed off some flyers and some business cards and, and our letterbox dropped around the neighborhood. Um, I started yeah, no locally shit. and I just I picked up my first job. I remember going to the quote. I was so nervous. I almost threw up in the car on the oh, way there. Really? Yeah. Was it close by to your house? It was. It was a street over from where I grew up. Yeah. On Greenwich no Court. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. So, his, this, this is kind of like how we're friends. So, like, we've been family friends and Lachlan is friends with his younger brother, Jackson. Yeah. Um, and so, we, we lived on a street and then they lived the street behind. Wait, Jackson, yeah. who is that who I've met? The one who does the um, advanced trailer bins. Yeah, shout yeah. out to advanced okay, trailer yeah. bins. Yeah, so I've met him. Big shout come. out. Yeah, yeah, He's, yeah. Um, uh, dropped me off a couple of trailer bins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, I've met him. Entrepreneurial family. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Hustlers. Yeah, we're a bit of hustling going on. So, yeah, so they, they, they just like the, the street behind. So, yeah, so it was literally on the street, was it? It was on the street and I was so scared doing this quote and uh, I- I managed to get the job. It was only a very small job, very small job, just an hourly rate, gardening, bit of a garden cleanup. Uh, I was so worried about my performance that I actually called my old boss and asked him to come down and check over my work. <laughs> really? And he drove down and the customer happened to see him and she, she came out and goes, oh, what are you doing here? And he said, oh, I'm just taking a look, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I started out, I was very timid in the beginning, yeah. very, very timid. Yeah, 100%. Well, if you're only 17 and you're starting your own business, 
especially a service-based business, you can imagine that it's going to be nerve-wracking, mm. like dealing with what, you know, quite often probably, you know, older people, I would assume. You wouldn't have had too many 17-year-olds wanting their fucking front yard landscaped, would you? No. no. We, we, <laughs> so, yeah, mo- most of our customers are, are a bit older, and especially back then, I, I definitely did get a lot of funny looks. There's been times where customers have walked out of their front door to greet me, and they've just looked at me and gone, no, nah, you're too young. First words out there. Really? Mouth. They've actually said that? Yeah. Quote, oh, dude. nah, you're too young. And we've managed to talk through and go, hey, look, this is what, we've, this is what I've been doing in the field. So I've, I've got this much experience in here and then slowly worked our way through. That was probably, you know, a few years in still when I got into more landscaping and, and a bit more, you know, hardcore landscaping with paving and, and lawn installs and fencing and all that sort of stuff. I started with the gardening and then as um, we moved through that, I just went into the harder styles of landscape because that's what I was learning with my old boss at the time. Yeah, I yeah. always wanted to go into that, but I knew I didn't have the skills in the beginning and I, I wanted to do something more than my 38 hours with my boss. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I started up the gardening style round and I had probably 15 or 16 mowing customers in there um, when I was doing well, when it was at its peak, uh, and it's sort of fizzled out once I started to get the the lawn installs and the paving yeah, works, because yeah. that's what I was aiming for to 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 start with. So, yeah. so was it something where, like, you know, at that age when everyone's asking you, "What do you want to do? What do you want to do?" How did this come about? Like, how like was that something that you were just you'd enjoyed doing already? Like, even when you were younger, like you liked mowing your lawn at home, or you know, was there something that? Or did it just seem like something from a angle of like, I think I can turn this into a successful business? Like what, what kind of sparked it all? So, well, my mum would tell you that I was always in the garden as a kid. Yeah. I wouldn't have picked myself to be the type of person to be working in gardens or around gardens. Um, however, the moment that spurred it was, or, or the moment that changed the trajectory of my life was when- my dad had actually called my old boss. They were friends. They'd, they'd gone thirds in an investment with another person. And uh, my dad called this guy to get, the, get some uh, information about the property that had sold, you know, a few years ago. It was for tax purposes and whatnot. And uh, off the cuff at the end of the conversation, my dad said to my old boss, hey, my son Mitch, he's waiting to start uni. He's not doing anything. I know you've got a business. If you're looking for uh, anyone to give you a hand- you know, yeah, he's doing nothing. So the next day, or Tim, my old boss, said, "Yeah, actually, I'm looking for someone for tomorrow." So my dad called me and said, "Hey, my friend Tim's got you know this business doing landscaping. Are you interested in taking a look at it?" I said, "Yeah, let's let's go." So he picked me up at I think five thirty in the morning. Jeez. I was already oh, sitting out the front starts, waiting at yeah. five twenty, and uh, he said to me when he picked me up, he said, "Geez, how long have you been sitting there for?" I said, "I oh, bet." about 10 minutes and he said you're the only person i've ever picked up that's been sitting there waiting for me yeah okay. i think after that either that first day or the second day offered me a full-time position wow yeah it says a lot doesn't it man like because we, we were literally talking to before when he got here about like how hard it is to actually find people that want to work these days yeah like yeah how crazy as well though that that one off-handed comment has kind of shaped now a pretty massive chapter of your life Oh, absolutely. Um, and if you, you know, what would have happened if that phone call didn't happen? Maybe you're an accountant now. Like, who knows? You know, yeah, you probably well. would have ended up <laughs> finding your way back to, to where you are now. But it's, you know, it's it's crazy to think about how 
you know, that one moment in that phone call, you know, has pretty much shaped, as you said, the trajectory of a, of a now a pretty large portion, a third of your life, really. Yeah. Um, so when did things um, sort of kick off from a the transition into what is now SA Premium Landscape? So obviously you were Mitch's mowing and, and landscaping, whatever it was, but then you've decided to do the rebrand. Obviously now you've got people even working under you. When did that kind of um, come to fruition and, and how did that happen? Well, there, there became a point in time where I realized that I valued the growth side of things. Initially, I thought, yeah, I'll just, I'll work myself, well, I'll work with myself and maybe one other person and, you know, that'll be it. That'll be the story of Mitch. Mm. Uh, but there, there just came a time where I realized that, that, I don't know, there was something driving me to push further, see what was, see what was doable for yeah. me in the industry. And so, I just, I just kept on pushing and- I can't remember exactly when the rebrand happened, but I remember that it happened because I wanted to make my company more about others and not so much about myself anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I, I took my name out of it. I took the mowing out because, you know, we, by that point in time, we'd stopped with maintenance and we were hunting down, uh, you know, landscape, landscape jobs, paving, lawns, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Uh, and then- Hmm, maybe what more bang for your buck in? Yeah, exactly. Actually, yeah. putting the lawn in, then keeping the lawn short. Yeah, and that was always more challenging that for me as well. I'm, I'm driven a bit by challenge too. Yeah. If I look at a problem and it seems difficult to solve, then I, I like to go in and give it a crack. Yeah, yeah. and uh, all, all landscaping is a variety of different activities and tasks, and uh, it's. It's been it's been a challenge to sort of wrap my head around all of them and master them. Uh, and so I think that that's probably what pushed me out of lawns as well as I was always driven by that extra, yeah, you know, challenge and problem solving. Yeah. Cause you can't mow lawns for 20 years. Like, you know what I mean? Or you can, but like, come on, you know, you want to do something a bit more, you want to get like commercial contracts. You want to be able to do bigger things, you know? Yeah. I always, yeah. I always push for more. It's always been part of my nature. It's always nothing's ever enough, which is, it's a bit of a fault, but on the other hand, it's, it's also something that spurs me on to move yep. through and push through hard tasks. So, uh, yeah, it, it, there became a time where we, we started to get reasonably busy. And my brother worked for me for, a, for about a year or a year and a half. Uh, we, we parted ways and uh, I had two others on at that point in time. So, yeah. I started working to train those guys up. Uh, one of them's still with me now and that's been about three, I think he's about to hit three three years yeah with um, an og yeah, yeah. He's literally an og yeah that's yeah. sick um and uh one of them one of them's just left for another trade so yeah those those guys stuck around for a good while and they yeah. got to see and experience the growth of the business and yeah at that point we didn't have any machinery either so it was all <sighs> manual labor it was yeah, it was right. wheelbarrows shovels Fuck. rakes landscaping without any fucking Oh my god! Yeah, it was hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. I don't know how anyone does it. And how big is the team now? So we're at five now. Yeah. Uh, we we were six, but uh, like I said, the the other guy had left to do another trade. So we're we're at five, and five seems to be a reasonably good number at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Especially for yourself, so because you like if you if you were going to go like have more like eight, nine, ten people, then it's like all right, you know, like your job goes from like actually being out on the tools or having direct oversight to just being people management. 
Yeah. And if that's something that you want to do, then fair enough. But like, yeah, I don't know, because you, you seem like the kind of person that wants to be out there as well. And if there's 10 people divided up to, you know, 10 different sites or, you know, five different sites, then yeah, it's going to get hard. Yeah, it does yeah. become difficult. We attempted that at the start of the year and uh, I did find that I do like to be on site. I like to be around around with the boys and, yeah. you know, you get that camaraderie. Yeah. And um, you, you really bond better with your team that way. It doesn't become so when you're with the team, you're kind of part of the team. But if you're, if you're trying to manage a team, it becomes that employee, employer. Versus manager type yeah, thing. Versus yeah, versus the manager dynamic. And it, things become a little bit dip, more difficult. Yeah. But at about six or seven, that you know, five is the sweet spot where you can have your team all together. And then six to seven, you probably you need to change dynamic a little bit in this yeah. industry and get a supervisor and that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think it's probably important though, like in the, the big difference for you is that like like you said, you took a little while off the tools and now you found yourself back on there. But like every time you're able to like listen to your body and kind of go, you know what, I need to have a break. And like I need to actually spend a couple of months just like organizing people, planning our next lot of jobs. And then your team gets the best of both worlds, right? Where like they know that you're, if something happens with a job or whatever, that you're still able to just rock up on site and get it done, problem solved, do the stuff that you love, fell in love with initially, but then also, you know, recognize and go either, you know, I need a break personally or this other part of the business and other side of the business needs my attention now. So I'm going to let you guys do that side and I'm going to go over here and do this. But that also helps your longevity, right? Because we've talked about this before, but how many, you know, tradespeople that have not made the steps that you've made and put themselves in a position where they can actually make that and end up slaving away for some other person doing 60 hour weeks mm. for 40 years of their life. And, you know, they've still got 10 years to retirement and their body is just yeah, packing it in. Like they, they, yeah. Every day is a genuine struggle, but they know they've still got 10 years left before they can start, you know, cashing in that super the way you're doing it is going to give you a lot more longevity because you can recognize, hey, I've actually fucked my shoulder up, done something. I'm not just going to keep pushing through the pain because I don't have a choice. I'm going to take the time that I need, recover it properly, and my workers are going to understand, you know what I mean? Like we have that relationship where they know as soon as I'm feeling better, I'll be back out there helping them. And if I've got to hire a laborer or something to go and help them, they'll know I'll do that as well. Like all of those things, it gives you that power that say someone else who's just doesn't want to do the management side at all will just break their back for for their whole life and you know end up you know sometimes on work cover or whatever it may be just not able to handle it is that something that you find as well is part of what motivated you to move into that kind of leadership role is to be able to control it more yourself yeah uh, yeah uh, this this industry the landscape industry is very hard jacker uh, it's yeah, pretty man. tough on the body so part of that um, movement was uh, to 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 limit my time on the tools a bit, and I have been doing it since well for eight years. And went, and a normal work week for me, especially ages through eighteen through to about maybe twenty three, was eighty plus hours. Wow, on, that's on, fucking wild bro. on tools. So yeah, right. You know, I, I it's not a it's uh it's it's not sustainable it's just really not yeah, sustainable at the end yeah. of the day like you couldn't I, I mean people do but I, it's not what i see myself doing is this trade on the tools 80 hours a week for you know 40 years so yeah but people probably do because they don't have any other option like they're yeah. not willing to take the risk to start a business or you know study something that you know doesn't involve any physical labor or anything like that they just kind of like all right well i'm stuck here this is what i'm gonna do 
And the reality is that those kind of hours, that's where and what we're kind of, I guess, starting to see more understanding around now is that that doesn't just impact your physical health. That starts to really impact the mental health as well, trying Mm. to string back-to-back 80-hour weeks, you know, over an extended period of time. And, you know, people never even really considered that part of it before. But that is a huge, like, mental toughness test to, like, get yourself out of bed at that ungodly hour to then get home at that ungodly hour and do that again and again and again and, you know, not see your family or whatever. Do you try and balance that well for your team now and try and keep the the overall hours as low as you like as low as you can whilst also making sure you're lining their pockets and, and doing well for the business? Yeah. So I mean, I still am probably working 80 hours a week now. Yeah. But it's diversified over a range of different tasks. It's not yeah. 80 hours on tours. It's it's, you know, maybe 45 hours on the tools with the boys um they're they're probably working they're definitely working 38 hours a week and uh there's options for overtime if if they want it uh but you know everyone values a weekend every now and again as well so my my um i've got the flexibility my my team's able to work without me unsupervised for a period of time so i've got the flexibility to be able to duck out from site or say hey guys i'm I'm going to do my quotes on a Wednesday now. It's something that needs to get done. It's the business side. It's, yeah, you know, exactly. it's the back end, and someone has to do that. Yeah, to keep the keep keep the jobs rolling. Yeah, and a, keep, lot, a lot of those the money coming have, in. Like, they they probably would, but they wouldn't understand the depth at which you have to do to kind of keep that running. The business running is like the quotes and the finance and the you phone know, the calls. Fi- yeah, the phone calls, mm. the back and forth of the government, like just all the bits and pieces, man. The licensing, you know, the insurance, all that kind of stuff that people don't think about. Yeah, there's a lot of back end stuff involved, you know, and it's it's why people bring on admins. Yeah, uh, because you know there comes a point when you when you just need someone else to take care of a portion of the business so you can focus on the strengths. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you doing all the admin stuff yourself at the moment? We're, we're just in the process of bringing admin on at the moment to oh, do awesome. like all yeah. of our job costing, payroll, um, sorting all the accounts and that, style, that's, that sort of stuff. Oh, that'll give you more time, man. Mm. Yeah. And that'll actually give you a bit more time because I want to talk about your latest project, mm. Pop Plant Paradise, bro. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So, give everyone a rundown about Pop Plant Paradise and uh, kind of what, what you want to see in the future of that. What right. So, so I'll, I'll start with how- Pop Plant Paradise was born. Pop Plant Paradise was born um, as a byproduct of the landscaping. Uh, th- through landscaping, we were we were working with plants, and we noticed there was a little bit of a gap between wholesale plants and uh, and consumer buy prices for plants. So we thought, hey, look, this might be a, a little bit of a way we can help out the consumer market if we are able to buy at wholesale and. Um, you know, sell in a little cheaper than the big name um, suppliers for consumer plants. We would, uh, you know, we might be able to, we might be able to do something here. We might be able to build another business out of yeah. out of something we already know. So uh, it, w- it it started like that, and then we engaged someone to build a website for us. And uh, initially, it was only for outdoor plants. So oh, okay, this is a, this, this is an interesting part of the story. So it was. In my mind, when I devised the business, I thought, yeah, this is going to be for outdoor plants. The The indoor plant scene hadn't even occurred to me. Yeah. And some sort of a miscommunication occurred between myself and the website designer. And when she showed me the proof or the draft of the website, she'd populated all the pictures with indoor plants. And I, I looked at that and I thought, well, it's different, but I mean, hey, this is looking pretty cool. And then I started doing some investigation. I started doing some research and- started asking some questions to people around me and it turns out that the you know indoor plant 
scene was pretty big. So I thought, well, do you know what? Maybe we'll just we'll give this a go. So that's how it was born. Uh, it was it was born probably a year ago, and uh, what we're seeing a lot of success with. Uh, right now is uh, de- hand delivering our plants to employees of, yeah. of uh, businesses as as gifts. Uh, we're working on some package deals that we can give to cafes, um, you know, restaurants, all that sort of stuff. So there's a, there's a little bit in the works with Pot Plant Paradise at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, that's well. So me. it has ended up being more a focus around indoors then. So it actually doesn't really coincide too much with the landscaping business. It's kind of like the knowledge helped, but the actual what the f- final product is and what you've really ended up focusing on is kind of like separate to to the landscaping then yeah i would s- i see them as two separate two separate things two separate yeah. entities yeah. so and i treat them that way as well and they're different models so with with say premium it's a trade it's a it's a it's a um a it's service it's very yeah. hands on it's very you know, you got to be there with the customer all the time, talking, making sure everything's okay. Whereas Pot Plant Paradise, while it's still a service, it's also involving uh, involving a product. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's probably less less communication with customers in that business. Uh, and also, we're, we're we're mostly online, so we're we're 100 online. So the goal is uh, the goal is that a customer is able to go onto the website, pick a plant and a pot that they like. Um, and they'll be able to enter an address and we can deliver it out. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah. And uh, like, so again, it was just a recognize from, you know, trying to piggyback off the knowledge that you already had. Um, and what is the, like Ty said before, what's that sort of end goal? What would you like to see, you know, the if you could put your finger on something as like what the business is, it that it basically runs itself as well so that you don't have to spend a lot of time? Is that kind of where you're like online only, you know, we just have to worry about making sure the orders get out there and that the rest of it is pretty much handled from a from an online um, e-commerce store? Yeah, ideally. And having the experience I've had in the in the landscaping industry where it requires a lot of, um, a lot of customer interaction, I did... I did plan to have Pot Plant Paradise as a as a business that would be less um less interactive. Yeah. yeah. More, uh, more light and fun, hey. More Compared light to and something fun. when you're like moving tons of mulch and dirt and shit like that. It's more like about like the smaller things, you know, like a specific cactus or like just like a like a nice pot or something like that. Cause I remember you saying recently that you wanted to go and get a whole bunch of different new decorative pots. You like you saw hundreds of different things in Melbourne, and you were like so excited about all these pots and shit. Like it's just smaller, like more like elegant than I guess landscaping in that way. It is. It's a, it's a bit more. F- it, it, well, landscaping is fun, but the pot plant, um, the the vibe that we're trying to build, the culture is is uh, based more around fun and 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 decoration and that style of th- that sort of thing. Um, we did find a bunch of new pots, which we will be releasing pretty soon. Yeah, uh, we found that cool. in Melbourne when we went for a little trip over there. So uh, we just need to get some photos of those and and get that happening. Yeah, at some point. One of the things you mentioned as well was about um, you know doing package deals for like cafes and things like that. That is such a a cool thing to focus on because like you notice that now in every place that you go to, like there's such a focus around all of the like indoor plants is huge in that and having a one-stop shop where we, you can go. And then that kind of, 
leans back onto the landscaping and that design element and the stuff that you've obviously got the experience around, you know, how do we take these products that I'm already familiar with and make this space look as good as possible, right? So that's where it kind of does come full circle and comes back on the landscaping, except you're helping them, you know, change the landscape of the inside of a shop as opposed to their front or backyard. Is that something that you think, is that kind of why you've gone in that direction as well is to kind of then bring it that full circle back into what, your specialty is yeah so it's a it's well you know we we spend a lot of time indoors these days yep. and mm. um something that i found with pot plant paradise is that we're we're able to bring a piece of the outdoors indoors you know people are able to experience some of the outdoors inside their house with some indoor plants and uh you know it, it, the, the way we're trending is a smaller backyards smaller front yards houses are bigger so there's not a lot of greenery left yeah. sometimes in the yards, and uh, it's it's nice to be able to instill some of that inside people's houses as well yeah. as yeah. outside 100%. at the same time. Definitely, well, and, it's, and it's the air quality and all that kind of extra benefits that it gives as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, even like uh, recently, I was like went to buy uh, Erica flowers, and I was like, I just bought her an indoor plant instead, and now the thing's like growing off its fucking dick, and <laughs> really? I like, love it. <laughs> and I was like, because uh, I just had this epiphany, and they were like next to each other in the shops, and I was like. Why am I going to buy these flowers that are just going to decay over the next week yeah. and then get chucked in the bin rather than grab something that I bought five months ago? And now it's just like growing, like we need to go and get a bigger pot for it. Like, yeah. And I was just like this epiphany. So like, and I think that kind of like mindset as well is what a lot of people are going through with like, you know, as we, as the kind of world changes and we go through like, you know, what's a more sustainable, how do we use money more efficiently? Like, again, why would I spend $35 on this like massive bunch of flowers that's going to die than yeah. spend the exact same money on a plant that we could potentially have for 20 years of our life if you take care of it? Like, wh why wouldn't you spend your money on something that A, has more significance and, and has a way more longevity? So I think that mindset exists in a lot more people and that's something that you guys can can obviously capitalize on. Yeah, and we're we're taking the same concept as a as a as a flower market or a flower supplier, except we we we're delivering the the plant and the pot, and it's something that's able to sit on, you know, a table. It's able to sit on a desk at work. It could be yep. delivered as a gift from a spouse or a partner, and you know, you're able to keep it on your desk at work or you know yeah. on the mantelpiece at home. So there's there's a variety of different spots for it and uh yeah we, we we are finding that a lot of people are opting towards indoor plants because they are lasting longer than yep. flowers yeah especially like a cactus yeah like a spiky yeah. boy that'll just sit yeah, there and you, could, you don't barely even have to water them no yeah that's yeah. right like, you can only way you can kill them is too much water so what's the inside of your house look like then is it just it is full of plants yeah, I was gonna yeah. Say, my, my, my partner nicholas she's taken full liberty to our small nursery out the back and she's just brought everything in that she wants so We've got a we've got quite a large um, shelf which we bought specifically for plants, and that's probably got oh I don't know twenty plants on it. Um, some of the if some of the plants in the nursery, if they're not coping too well out there because it's too wet or too cold, we'll also bring them inside. So we've got an array of plants that are. <laughs> you know, kind of were in the sick bay outside, and oh, now yeah, they're yeah. they're in the sick bay inside while we're nursing them back to. Yeah. Uh, you know, Have you had one condition. yet that's just grown so big that you're like, fuck, I can't get rid of this now. This is going to be, you know, do they get too big? They get, they get pretty big. Yeah. yeah. We've, the, the, some of the plants that we've got at home at the moment, we've had for probably 12, 12 ish months and uh, we've been taking really good care of them and they've probably tripled or quadrupled in size and they're still in a small little oh, pot. Okay. Like they definitely deserve to be potted up, but we've yeah. just left them in their little pots. And can you trim them back? Like cut, like basically like cut them in half or does it kill them? 
No, yeah, you can. You can? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. You you can trim them back, and 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 for a lot of them, um, part of our part of our TikTok videos that we will be bringing out is how to propagate some of our plants as oh, well. Sick. So you can. So some of them you're able to just cut the leaves off and, and almost stick them straight in soil and they'll start oh, to re- regrow little roots out the side. And, um, but, yeah, you can definitely cut them back. It, d- it does depend on what you've got, um, but your longer, your, your bigger branchier plants can, can be chopped back a little bit. Don't, yeah. don't go too hard, though. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I was thinking about like, those chilies down there that I've been growing. They're obviously off, off camera for everyone, but, like, that I was thinking about because one of them is bending over heaps big and the rest of them are kind of small. I was thinking about maybe chopping the top off yeah. But I don't know if that'll Light, fuck it lighten up. the load a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, probably it's not going to mess it up. Yeah. Um, your other option is to put a little bit of a stake in there and prop it up. Yeah. You don't want to you don't want to kill it's uh no, chili. No, 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 especially if there's no chilies that have come off it yet. Yeah. Because I said like, as soon as it as soon as it like gets some hot ass chilies, I'm going to well, we're going to do a chili challenge. Oh, yeah, we need to. Yeah. And 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 the chilies that you grow at home are always hotter than oh, the ones yeah. you buy at the shop. Yeah. Always. Well, like I bought um uh one of the seeds over there is called a seven pot and it actually grows brown chilies. So you know the shit's going to be hot when it fucking <laughs> when it's not even red. It's not even it's red. Not even <laughs> red. Can't wait for that shit. We oh. had any, like the reaper sauce on a reaper chip that we did. That was quite yeah. a few episodes. That was one of our early that was video our, episodes. That so. was our um, one year. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so that's fifty something. So we're thirty episodes since we've eaten anything spicy. Yeah, yeah no, we haven't done any challenges. We were supposed to do a, a beer challenge as well, weren't we? It's meant beer. to do many things. We, yeah, we're meant to do many, many. things. How does the beer challenge but- go down? I think we were just going to like, taste yeah, like, yeah, 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 just yeah, doing yeah. tastings. Yeah. Reviews, yeah, okay, that's pretty yeah. cool. Just to cleanse the palate and just see what they what they think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, should, we could do a wine. T- there's plenty of oh, plenty there's of things. So that many we ideas. Do. We're, we're, now we're just spitballing podcast yeah, ideas. Now we're just spitballing. <laughs> uh, so you were saying to me uh, before that you're into um, you started reading a book where you're into learning about like Tesla tech and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I I, I do take a lot of interest in Elon Musk and. Tesla and yeah. you know you know all of his stuff SpaceX I quite like the the futuristic thought of AI and uh, all, all those possibilities that we could go one day you know and there's a yeah. bunch of shows that are out you know specifically altered carbon where they you know they they're talking about living on on chips and they can interchange bodies it's pretty cool yeah we were saying like we were like we can upload your consciousness to the cloud almost and you were like oh i can't wait to do that and i was like hell no i don't want to do that yeah i'm for that yeah I, see I, i'm for uh, that i don't know i feel like that like the consciousness is also a part of your, your organic living mm. so if it ta- if it's taken out of the organic you know body or the organic environment and put into a digital environment is it still your same consciousness so this is where like for me i've always had this like sorry um we're playing footsies under the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, met him an hour ago, but we're getting real close now. Um, yeah, it's something where like I, I'm so on the fence about it because like I'm so self-indulged that the idea of my amazing consciousness living on, but <laughs> like beyond my my organic body's lifespan is fucking awesome. Do you want to stand also, up in the metaverse? It's where the whole like it's where the whole you know immortality thing comes in and. I used to be like so obsessed with that concept when I was a kid, you know, like watching Mortal Kombat and like knowing that like Raiden and all these people are like immortals and they've been around for 10,000 years. And like that version of myself was like, yeah, I want to be that. But then 
as you watch movies and shows and that like address immortality and the whole thing of like, you know, you've actually got to then be alive through watching everyone you've ever loved yeah. die, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's the other side of the uploading your consciousness stuff that like I don't, I wouldn't want. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like the idea of like giving myself an extra fucking 30 years. But <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, but not- You know, with my kids or whatever. Yeah. But then once like, you know, at a certain point in time, it becomes really depressing. And then like, what, you've got to flick your own chip off? Like what yeah, kind well, of can you? That's, a, that's the thing. Once you've experienced thousands and thousands of years worth of, you know, because the experiences that we go through are like, you know, earth-based experiences. I'm sure there are a lot of other experiences we will and could have as our consciousness grows, right? But they're earth-based experiences. How many people on their deathbed are sitting there going like, you know what? I've done and I've been to like a lot of places in this world. I'm pretty content you know, calling it a day here. You know, a, lot, a lot of people. Yeah. You know? But if you've never had a taste of yeah. what could be. Yeah, you, you may never know. That's so right. You yeah. don't know what you're missing. But then, what so. happens when someone like hacks your fucking? Yeah. So you've got your you've got your consciousness <laughs> uploaded. Then they are able to access this fucking cloud that you've got it stored to. They take your consciousness, alter it a little bit, right? And all of a sudden, you're meeting like some other like robot with a consciousness uploaded. You're like, I know that motherfucker. That's me, dude. Yeah. That's just me with a funny hat. You know, yeah. what I mean? like, <laughs> funny hat. Yeah, that's just me with an accent, oh. dude. I know and, that consciousness. And like, you know, you know how people always like never meet your heroes. Yeah, dude. Fuck. What, yeah. what if? Yeah, there's just so many things when it comes to it like. Is a, it is. A, so is it just the. Because obviously we haven't really we've we've haven't gone down rabbit holes for a while. We haven't. No. We uh, this podcast started with a lot of conspiracies. Um, is it just really the the like space exploration and AI? Is that like the only stuff that you're really interested in, or is there other parts of the whole? You know, fuck nah. the government, whatever. Like, what other stuff interests you? Uh yeah. So look, I'm into extraterrestrials, that sort of stuff. Yep. I've done a bit of reading. Towards that, I'm still on the fence. I don't know. Oh, what? Yeah. So you you you're on the fence whether they exist or not? Oh, I don't know. It's That's just- really interesting because most people we've had on have gone like, nah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Even ones who don't believe anything 100% else exist. Exist. I'm definitely yeah. leaning towards exist. Yeah, I, I think I think just statistically, it seems like it has to be possible that there's other other things out there. So what evidence points you to like them not being real? Yeah, what makes you yeah. fence it a little bit? Just because we haven't really had yeah, anything. Yeah, we haven't had anyone that's, yeah. The only thing is because we've had no definitive, well, I mean, it depends who you ask because people will say, yes, there is definitive proof, but yeah. there's not like, hey, here's an alien. Mm. We can see it yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. You know, it's the same, same story goes like if I saw it with my own eyes, it would probably, you know, then I would be 100% yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm probably at about 75% yes, 25%. Mm, unsure. Well, that's the thing. I haven't seen the Earth round with my own eyes, no. so oh, no. maybe that motherfucker's are you, flat. Are you a flat Earth guy? No, nah, not. <laughs> there, there's been a couple of arguments that I've heard that have been like, mm, "That's interesting," but it's the same with anything, right? Like, yeah, you know, if someone yeah. frames it in the right way. Um, but the reality is, it could be a fucking load of shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, it, it very much could be. It could not be flat. It could be a fucking square. <sighs> it could be yeah. a cube. It could be a fucking oblong. Yeah, we I'm could like, be on an egg. On Earth. <laughs> What are you guys' thoughts? What are you what are your thoughts on the on the extraterrestrial situation? 
Yeah, I mean, very much the same thing in terms of like the if the universe is what we perceive it to be, that to think that we are so fucking special to be the only uh, on the only planet on the only organisms that can like support life is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's a lot more possible that we are just tucked away in a pocket of it that hasn't been able to reach out far enough yet to find the rest of it, or that it you know that it has found us and it has been well kept under wraps. That's seems the most logical mm. to me as opposed to you know that there's just nothing that we are just this one little tiny planet just, in this vast yeah. you know thing yeah. unless we're a computer simulation right well, that's, that's the, also you know, another, that's another theory that people are throwing around have you heard about that with the whole how like you know this could very well be a simulation kind of like yeah. how we're building metaverses it's kind of like on a you know, the next level up, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah definitely. Because how does something in the metaverse not- No, it's in the metaverse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, there's, there's, there's so many different theories. Here's, here's a crazy theory though. What if the life that we live right now is- We've worked out how to, we've worked out how to live for extended periods of time, but to do that, we're living a life now. When we die, we actually wake up from the previous one and we've simulated um, a bunch of different lives- and uh, every time you die, you kind of wake up from the previous one, kind of like uh, kind of like that Rick and Morty episode where you play that where where are they that game yeah the yeah. game yeah yeah Ro- is it Ron or Roy yeah Ro- Roy, Roy. Is, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and at the end he like falls off the ladder and he and he's like <laughs> you went back there after getting cancer <laughs> <laughs> so good I fucking love that oh, show Rick and Morty blows my mind my favorite my favorite bit from Rick and Morty across all of it I haven't seen the new oh. series actually but like the bit where like. He's got his UFO and it breaks down in like the middle of space and he goes into his battery and he's actually got a whole nother universe powering his yes. battery. Yeah. <laughs> that's a oh, wonder, which is so. the perfect thing of what we're kind of talking about is, yeah, I think that that's a good theory as well, man. Like it could just be that, you know, you just kind of wake, like your, as I said, the consciousness, one ends and it just piggybacks straight into another that has no connection to each other whatsoever and it's yeah. just that infinite cycle you just you've just learned how to stretch out the time by going like one year in the previous would be worth like an 80 year life yeah. yeah and then you go wow that was a that was a good one year and then you go to the next one type thing. Fuck. and that's kind of like oh, that's kind of like then ties into about dmt and like dreaming and then actually smoking DMT and all that kind of stuff. A lot of people are saying, like I heard, I heard um, Pato, like my old housemate, he's like, I knew someone that smoked DMT one time and he was, he was out for 15 minutes. But when he came back to, he said that he was living in the land of the dinosaurs, right? And he was like walking around and like who he was, but in dinosaur period, right? For three years. Wow. And it was only 15 minutes that he was out for. Far out. That's crazy. This you, is just a proper distortion of time. And if yeah. it, even if it's not true, if that's what you if that's what you believe happened, like that's what it will feel like. Yeah. It? Well, it's kind of like a dream, really. Is is a Far dream? Out. Well, that's where the DMT thing is weird as well. Like when you think about the fact that, like, when you do DMT, you're basically forcing your brain to do a portion of what happens when you die. Right. So, mm. like, when you do DMT, the that stuff that. I'm not using the technical terms at all, but when you die, that gets basically flooded everything, every possible like portion of it happens. So it's like, and I done doing DMT myself. Like, and I remember how intense that was and I didn't even have that much. Yeah. So like, you know, I can't, can't even imagine what that feeling is like, you know, when your time is done and you get that big, like rush of, of that stuff in your yeah, brain. Yeah. 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 
Well, it's kind of like- That's got to be heaven. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's got to feel like you're- And like, I even wonder, like, is that what does, like, if there's, say, there's, like, a, another realm of, like, consciousness that sort of, like, sits, like, perpendicular to ours, and that's where, you know, if you kind of think about, like, the whole people that think of ghosts or psychics and all of those kinds of things, and- whether or not like that communication between those two realms. So like when you take mushrooms or or you go on these ayahuasca trips and all of these things, like you're able to like put cracks in or open the veil yeah. between that like consciousness or whatever. And then there's even like the other side of it when you look at like, you know, let's say that there's lots of different like planes of existence that exist on frequencies outside of our that's, own. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Then you've got the whole like, you know, devil worship and you know you know doing evil to try and access you know negative fucking frequencies or whatever as well so yeah. like that's kind of like without having any tangible proof that's the stuff that makes the kind of most sense to me yeah. about like why you know people are able to tap into these things and and have these experiences both negative and good because it feels like that there is like our plane of consciousness and frequencies and then there are other ones that sit outside of that that you can We've always talked about like the dog whistle, you know, yeah, like if there's exactly. frequencies yeah, the frequency. like where, you know, that are, that we can't hear or that our eyes can't see or whatever, but they're there and that different things that we can do allow us to tap into them or whatever. Yeah. That's well, the kind of cool shit. I it's think like opens of. the gateway sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, a, like all these studies of like near death experiences and stuff like that where people and then all, all the studies on like consciousness itself where people are going like, all right, well. It's not like people with brain damage like have a, you know a, a consciousness kind of similar to how it would be before or whatever. And like I guess the theory, the going theory is, is like your brain's more like an antenna for consciousness, not the actual producer of consciousness. Mm, yeah. And then like you were saying with the with the different frequency levels, is like you can then tune in or like there are different planes of existence because if you think about it, like all of like Buddha and all of like the the chakras and all that kind of stuff. They're all like vibrations. Yeah. Really, aren't they? They're like the, the lowest vibration is like fear, I think. And then the highest is like unconditional love and stuff like that. And then you're like vibrating on those frequencies. Well, look at so much of like what was used when you look at early like wars and stuff like that. Uh, and, and how much of weaponry and all of these things were designed around like frequencies yeah. when they were trying to like create mind control. It was all about, you know, electromagnetic. It was all about frequencies. What they use now, those big fucking LRAD tanks that they yeah. like, were unleashing on Melbournians through the fucking pandemic. The it's an, you know, yeah. long range acoustic device that just basically sends out a frequency that makes people fucking feel like they're going crazy. They're going to shit themselves. Like, so, you know, when you look about, again, the the negative spectrum of that, and there's also this massive positive spectrum, and then we, on a general day-to-day, -day, like, hover somewhere in between the really good and the really bad. Yeah. Like, it makes sense that, that like, the, the and, you know, they talk about, you know, the heartbeat of the earth and, yeah, well, the know, human waves and all of that yeah, kind of like shit. seven hertz or something like you that. You look at how many things, music- Mm. Yeah. different music and different things all come back to frequencies waves and movement like yeah. there's something to that because that even then goes as deep do you know much about like quantum mechanics and stuff like that have you heard about the double the double slit experiment no so oh, to try and like sum it up in like the best way that i can like remember i'm like paraphrasing a lot here but like essentially they did this experiment where they had a laser right and it was pointed at this like sheet of paper right 
or like a wall, essentially, let's say. And then they had two blocks in between the laser, right? So when the laser was firing, you would expect the laser to get through the middle of the two blocks, but then it wouldn't pass through the actual blocks itself. So, and they were measuring the wall behind it, right? So when you measure the wall behind it, you'd think, all right, between the two blocks, you'd have where all the lasers are hitting, right? But they actually found that the laser was hitting behind where the blocks were blocking off as well. So instead of having a pattern where it would go one, two, three, it was having five and it was like going behind the blocks as well. And essentially like what they came to the conclusion was is when there's when like light or photons are being measured, right, they act as a wave, not as a particle. Oh. Yeah. So basically it's almost like saying that anything that you can't measure right now technically doesn't exist. Far out. Yeah. Which, which is why, because then that links into the theory of in the simulation. we're all one. So, like, oh. because we're all one, everything's always being measured. Well, not everything, but a lot of things are always being measured. So, that's, that's what creates reality to a certain degree. And if something's not being measured, then at, at that point in time, it doesn't exist. Wow. So. That's boggling to the mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, well, there is such a weird, like, you know, we talk about it all the time, like, it's such a basic thing, but like, there's this so many weird like connections between human beings. Like, you know, the whole when you yawn, you make other people yawn. How we all have the same dream, like similar dreams. Like, we can all talk about the dream where we rock up to a place without pants. Yeah. Like, we realize we've got no pants on, or that feeling of falling. Like, and then you wake up right before you hit the ground. Like, again, that there there's, there is a shared consciousness thing that exists with everyone. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. There's so many similar people know what that feeling of like getting goosebumps is and like it's so it's like something exists to make us all connected like oh, that. It has to be the, man. the other common one is you feel like you can always tell when someone's looking at you. Like if you're yeah. looking at someone, they look they could be looking down at their phone and then they just look straight at you. Like they knew that you were looking at them the whole time. So crazy. I've it's always weird, had like had my mind blown about that. Like that weird just uh, ability to sense that mm. um and even like you know sometimes like you um will be walking straight ahead and i'll have like noise cancelling headphones on and i can tell someone's like what now all of a sudden walking behind, behind me like 20 paces back yeah. how the fuck could i tell that that like and again if that is it the vibration like and frequencies of yeah. the fact that they're walking behind me and i can feel that but like, how did i know i couldn't hear them because i've got fucking music cranked loud but I yeah. knew, I turned around, I'm like, yeah, there was someone there. Like, that's such a weird- It has to be another sense. Connectivity, yeah. There could be merit to that, though, the theory that we're all connected in some way. Because you think about, like, the way that we act now. Like, we, we, we're more connected now than we ever have been, like, with all the social media yeah. and stuff. And yeah. Everybody's got, like, this need to be, like, connected with people all the time, yeah. 24-7. So, it could be stemming from the fact that we're already partially connected. Yeah. Up, yeah. And I think, you know, again, getting into the kind of- conspiratorial side of it that's where the whole like we are more threatening to people in power when we realize that connection right so if you think about like all the kind of shit that's happened over the last hundred years with all the wars and world wars like everything was about how do we make these people as divided as possible when you remember growing up oh fuck the commies Mm. fuck the whatever like everything our parents just grew up 
being taught to hate other groups of people that were different. That's where racism all stemmed from. Like, obviously, it goes back way further than that. But what's ingrained into our life and what we've seen from our parents and our elders all comes from that, like, anything to possibly make that group of people different, worse, bad than you. And we're finally getting to a point where, A, the world is so multicultural now in most places, right? Mm. That, you know, I grew up and went to school with, you know, so many different... So, like, I never saw the world through those lens. And now, you know, that exists by everyone. We're dangerous to these people in power now when we're like, well, I don't fucking hate all the Middle Eastern people like you yeah. tried to get me to hate after 9-11. I don't hate all of the Russian people now who are fighting with Ukraine like you're trying to make me like. They're all just human beings that are being dictated to or led by these fucking massive power-hungry whatever. Like, But they're just human beings that yeah. I have a connection with. That yeah. if I was in the same room with him and I fucking yawned, they're going to yawn too. Like, we are one. We have the same fucking dreams. Like, whatever. Like, yeah. we just- We want to be with our family. Like, why would I think that they're- this the only reason that these people become bad is when the people that were leading them were bad themselves like yeah. that's the fucking problem 100% do you like have you ever had this like urge basically to go either of you I like, had this urge to go to like another country to just kind of like see the people like I know yeah. that sound, might sound strange but it's like you're not going there like what's always fascinated me is Russia for some reason it's just always just been like why, what's so different about Russia? Like, it's always been, Russia's always been that thing that's just like in the cor- like in the dark in the corner. Mm. Yeah. And I'm so like curious because like every YouTube video, there's this one YouTuber called Bold and Bankrupt. I've been watching his stuff for years. It's so good. Like he's just a dude who just goes around. Like he did a massive like um, Eastern Bloc kind of run there where he was going to Belarus and Russia and all these places. And like, they're, 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 once again, they're just people. Yeah. They're literally just people. Yeah. Like, it's all blown up, isn't it? Yeah, stuff, man. Stuff gets blown up and portrayed in certain ways, but- Yeah. Afghanistan, Iraq, like all that kind of stuff. You'd be you'd be led to believe that you'd step foot off the plane there and your head would get blown off, but this is not the case. It's not the case, yeah. And yeah. In fact, the most people that were getting their heads blown off were the people that lived there by the US government who were fucking <laughs> yeah. invading their land. Like They were the most dangerous people to that country. You know, I, I remember yeah. one of the first things- that like after, you know, we've talked about this quite often, but for me, like the thing that kind of, I guess, woke me up to my frustrations with governments or whatever was 9-11, like, you know, and it was just me smoking weed and my mates were like watching fucking 9-11 documentaries. And I was like, man, some of this shit's kind of fucked up. Yeah. But I remember there was another like really distinct moment of like, I had to stop and look at this and really think about it was there was like a slide of photos of like Syria, um, Iraq, Afghanistan, before and after 9-11 and like like the same streets. So it yeah, was like a okay. photo of the exact same street and on the, on the before photo, there's like plants and landscaping and, mm. and you know, yeah. the buildings are all beautiful and there's people walking down the street and it's just a place. It's a town like anything other. And then 10 years later, all the buildings are crumbling. No one's on the street. There's tanks. There's fucking whatever. And like you can tell that it's the exact same landscape. And you're like, this is, we were over there to like liberate these yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and that was so like jarring for me again, because like I'm not someone who bought, even before I was awake, let's call it, I never bought into the whole these people or whatever. Like it just seems so reductive to yeah. me to, to think like that of other people. So when I put myself in that position of like, Imagine being like, imagine, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but imagine 
someone coming over here in the name of like saving us. Yeah. And then all of the Adelaide city and, you know, Melbourne and whatever has just been fucking bombed to shit because they're targeting our extremists here. And we're supposed to then thank the people who have been responsible for it for saving us. Yeah, you're not going to be too happy. Are you? No. And why wouldn't we then be radicalized, as they would call yeah. it? Why wouldn't we want to go over there and do fucking like? How can you be like, oh yeah, all these extra? But you created more extremists than more yeah. whatever mm. by like destroying the infrastructure, everything yeah. for these places. And then half the time you left all your weapons yeah. and left all your equipment behind. And then wondered why they ended up being more insurgents or whatever. Like, it's just- So, I think the core of it is, like, I just try to promote, and we do it through here with even just the low-level mental health stuff, but, like, that understanding that everyone is just another human being. I think that's such an important message. Oh, yeah. 100%. And it sounds like for you as well that it kind of echoes through, you know, you mentioned before the podcast- you were just like, yeah, I want to make sure I like, you know, give a shout out to my team at, at um, SA Premium Landscapes, like whatever. Like that's, uh, you know, and you uh, being honest and saying like, you know, there's some things that I, you know, could have done better that. And what I mentioned before we recorded, was like, that's such an amazing thing to have at 26 years old. Not only the things that you've achieved in terms of being an entrepreneur, but to have that kind of self-awareness, to not let it go to your head and just be like, you know, here's my evaluation or whatever else. Like, that's going to make you, I'm sure, a great boss and um, and make you very successful in the future, man. I'm sure you would agree as well. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Hopefully, that's, that's, that's part of the goal is to become a good leader and, and to hopefully learn how to train other people to be leaders as well. I think that's- that would be helpful for society and, yeah. you know, just helpful for other people's lives in general, you know, help, you help as many people as you can. And Fucking oath. It's the reason why we do this too, really. Yeah. Part of the reason anyway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys are doing a great thing with the mental health stuff. It's a big thing, you know. It's a big yeah. thing in young men and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people experience, I've experienced bouts of, of mental health and, and a lot of people have and it's one of those things that needs to be talked about. It needs to get out in the open so... People aren't bottling it up and just letting it sit and fester, and that's when it keeps getting worse. And yeah, you know, it never gets better if it, if it's not talked about. What's well, where again? Like, and I wanted to, I did want to ask you about this as well. But for bosses like yourself or people in that, like you promoting that with your own workforce and whatever, and being like, "Hey, talk to me about whatever's going on. We'll find a way through it." That hasn't happened for the majority of most of no, our parents' no. lives or whatever. Even our lives, man. Even our lives, right? Yeah, but, yeah. So I agree. It, it really is up to people like yourself to change that dynamic and to make people like, you know, if one of your workers can come to you and go, I'm honestly just like having the worst day. I'm not sick. I'm not injured. I just need this one off. Do you reckon there's some way you can, you know, fill this in? And I, I'm just going to do nothing today and I'm going to come back rare and to go tomorrow. If you go- Absolutely, mate. And thank you for being so honest and not saying you had gastro or some bullshit mm. and telling me that what you're going through. Take two days if you need to. I'll sort it out. Now, again, you not, might not always be in the position that you can be that flexible. Yeah. But even one time doing that, that next time they're feeling a little bit run down, they're more inclined to go, yeah. I'm going to fucking drag myself exactly. through today because yeah. Mitch is a fucking legend. And, you know, they end up feeling better about than You know what I mean? Because that one time where you were like, whatever you need, man, that just didn't doesn't happen still in so many oh, industries. Nah. Yeah. You know, the, the amount of people that are guilted into rocking up, oh, you're going to let the whole fucking team down. You're going to whatever. So not only are you already going through something that's led you to feel like you couldn't go in that day, whether it's mental or physical, 
And then your boss decides to pile on the pressure, the anxiety by being like, well, we're fucked if you don't rock up today. Yeah. Yeah. It's not your fault that there's not enough resources or whatever, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. to be able to cover you so that you can have what most of the time what you're entitled to. Yeah. Nothing shits me more than a boss. It's if you've got 10, say, sick days a year and you're at day 25 and then your boss decides to be like, mate, what's going on? Completely understandable because yeah, there is a yeah, difference yeah. between- you know, unless there's really, you know, genuine medical and you're providing the evidence. Even yeah, that, you of know. course. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's clear that you're starting to take the piss. I understand, again, you've got to be a bit like, mate, it's coming on. Yeah. But if you've not taken one in six months and then the first day you're like, you know, this or whatever, and they go, oh, well, we're fucked if you don't rock up. How do you not realize the catastrophic effect that you can have on, on someone? Yeah, it actually, it actually goes the opposite way when you say stuff like that to, to your employees and to other people because it puts more pressure on them. And mm. that will that will worsen the state. So yeah, there needs to be more supports in place. That's what I believe. Anyway, help part of helping sick people. Leave, I think. Sorry, go on. So I was just going to say, a part of sick leave. Yeah, part yeah. of sick yeah. leave. And and I mean, and it, the the key is honesty. Like if you have an open communication, you can talk to one another about what's going on. Like you know, because from from both perspectives, if you know, if you're, it, it, you know, it, it can get, things can get mis mixed up and, and, and miscommunicated. It just needs to be a, open channels to talk about it. And that way, you know, you can try to put supports in place for people and you can come up with some sort of a plan. I think that's also key is having some sort of a plan because that gives people goals to work towards. And then that gives them something, some sort of incentive maybe. And then, you know, instead of just spitting the dummy at, at employees, it's just, it's never get, it never gets anyone anywhere. No, it lowers the whole team. Oh, yeah, every well. every employer is guilty of doing it every now and again. It's of not course. it's not ideal, and you, you wish you could take those things back. But you know, open communication. I, I would encourage anyone in in an employer position to be it, with you know with any employees to be doing maybe once a month meetings, just one on ones. Just take yeah. some time out. That's what we try to do. We try to get them in every month, just a one-on-one, see how everybody's doing. That's awesome, yeah. Um, touch base, you know, how, how's your month been? How's things inside work, outside of work? Is there any things that we need to tweak? You need to keep in touch with people and yeah. speak to them about and how that, they're feeling. And that doesn't happen in service industries like yours very often, if at all. No. You know what I mean? Like, unless it's a one-on-one because you fucked up and that's the only time. Yeah. And then how- then it becomes a fearful thing as well, right? If you go, if someone's like, oh, we need to have a chat after work. Well, you know you're fucked. Like something's gone wrong. Whereas like, you know, with that kind of stuff, they can look forward to it to be like, hey, yeah, we get to sit down. We're going to go for a coffee this day before we start or whatever it is that you kind of do. Makes such a difference, man, especially when you can have that conversation and go, we don't even have to talk about work. If work stuff's fine and there's nothing you want to bring up, what's been going on? I remember you mentioned this, you know, this thing to me at this time and they're like, wow, he remembers the conversation we had a month ago or whatever it may have been. It makes such a difference. And I've said this all the time, man, like I work work isn't what motivates me people motivate me right mm. so like when i've got a leader that leads from the front i will work my absolute fucking ass off because i'm like if you're going to set the tone then i'm going to match the tone i'm going to even try and exceed the tone you know what i mean like whereas any job that i've had where i can tell that the boss is doing anything humanly possible to do the bare minimum mm. my motivation just goes out the fucking window and it's so hard for me to drag myself out of bed in the morning to work for someone who I know is getting paid more to do less. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it just makes such a difference. And like you said, you being like, oh, I need to get, I want to have that camaraderie. I want to get, and that's not just your own, you know, selfish. You would be able to see the impact that that makes on your workers yeah. by leading from the front. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're all going to work every day. You got to try to make it as a, a happy place for people yeah. because you, 
if you want people to be there, well, they're, they're spending a chunk of life. Yeah. Uh, your company exactly, doing man. stuff, spending their hours of their life that they're not going to get back. So. Especially if they're doing fucking overtime or like a Sunday or something like that, you know, and they're, si- you know, they're sitting there or they're out there on the fucking tools grinding away. Last thing they want to be doing is while they're doing that, like digging that hole, they're like, Oh, fuck Mitch, man. What, what, you know what I mean? Like, that's the last thing. He has yeah. no idea what we're doing yeah. out here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's rocks a, up on site and starts telling us this and that. Like, he hasn't been on the tools in fucking three years. Like, you know, yeah. all that kind of shit, which does exist. The amount of the, the amount of times that I've heard my mate be like, my fucking supervisor wouldn't know a hard day's work if it yeah. fucking bit him on the ass. That sentiment exists by the thousand. Oh, yeah. You know? Any industry too. Yeah. Because a lot of people do get in that position of power and go, yeah, fuck it. That's me done. You know? Yeah. And it's, well, it's like- even in like your case, man. It's yeah. like you're getting flooded with all these fucking complaints and all that shit. And it's just like the resources aren't there. The staffing yeah. isn't there. And you're sitting there on a fucking Sunday after going away for a weekend having to fucking grind away because- yeah. Just to make my life easier. Yeah. It's just, come on, man. Just like people at the top can take, you know, they've got, they got a $16 million salary. Just take a couple of million off the top and just give it to some new people, man. It's not like, you know what I mean? You don't need $16 million. No, no. Yeah. When I used to work at Faster Pasta, my first ever job was at Faster Pasta. Fuck um, yeah, dude. <laughs> <It was laughs> no G, yeah. The old which, which store was it? The Golden Grove. Golden Grove. Yeah, Golden oh, Grove. Yeah, like, okay, I, had, yeah. I had various other like small like, cash in hand style jobs when yeah. I was younger and whatnot. But that was my first proper like- Throw a resume in, get a little interview style. And uh, we, we, I used to be the dishy. So, you know, the dishy does everything. We wash all the dishes. We, we do all the cutlery. We, re, we restack the cutlery. Um, we have to supply, we had, we had to top up all the bamer. So the, the, the chefs have a bunch of ingredients in the middle. If you've ever been to the sh- store, you would, you would see it in there. Like you can see the kitchen and whatnot. Yeah. So it's the dishy's responsibility to go, oh, the, the chefs go, yeah, spinach. And you go, oh, grab spinach, you know. Top, top up the spinach and then you go back grab a couple of pans you start scrubbing they go oh i need onion and you go back oh, onion or whatnot and they go come on guys it's all a team effort here we've got to keep on working and then it comes comes nine o'clock when the kitchen shuts and we're left with a hundred pans yeah and they're out the back smoking cigarettes and going hurry up we need to go home yeah so yeah. you know yeah yeah you've been at the bottom and like you know now you're running something you're just like all right i've got that perspective yeah you've got the perspective it was was, you know to the point with the resources and whatnot and people with the team efforts and 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 uh you know taking that power when they've got it and just you know not not doing anything because imagine if even on one of or once a week or twice a week Instead of the chefs outside punching darts and talking shit, one of them just came in and was there scrubbing it with you. Yeah, yeah. you would just be like, oh, wow, what a legend. He doesn't need to be doing this in a year. It makes all the difference. Oh, yeah. There was only one chef that ever did, and he, he, he used to come in and help me finish up all the cutlery, and he would, you know, do... Because you'd have to clean the entire kitchen when you were done as well, so he would get get started on cleaning all the kitchen stuff. He was a good bloke. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. So, yeah, and you remember that for a reason. Yeah, that's the one exactly. that's memorable. Um, exactly. So I guess before we get into the questions, uh, for this, for anyone who's, if there's someone who's a, a young lad that wants to start a business, um, is there anything that, what are your kind of like the really key lessons eight years into it now that you've learned that you wish you knew back then or that you would want someone who is in your position or even now at 30 is thinking, you know what, I've always wanted to start it. Is there any like real key thing that you would tell someone? Mm. just keep going like it when it gets tough like it, it will get tough and um you just have to keep pushing through that like perseverance is key in those times you probably have to think about why you want to do it and and, the, mm. and 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 what backing you've got in terms of like what why am i actually doing this you know yeah. that should be your strength and that should be your driving force 
And uh, once you get that right, you can you can probably conquer anything. They they said, uh, uh, "He who has any wire can conquer any how." Just yeah. keep, keep, keep keep on pushing. Just keep That's going. Good, I fucking like that That's a lot. So good. That's killer. That's killer. That's awesome, man. And I guess as well from like a you know you mentioned your own mental health. Is there anything there that you would give to someone who's running their own business and is and is feeling up against it? Is there anything that's really worked for you in terms of keeping your head above water when when times have been tough? So, in my situation, what worked for me was just asking for help. And and you know a lot of people go, no, no, I can fix it myself. I can fix it myself. And I went through that same that same um, situation and I put a time limit on it though. I said if in X amount of months I've tried to fix the way I'm feeling and it's not working, I'm going to seek some extra help. And that's just what I did. And, you know, I spent probably, I spent a good two years seeing a therapist to sort out some some things and that's the best thing I ever did because I can think clearly now. What we, I was so clouded before, you know, you, yeah. you, you can't think straight. You know, it's debilitating. You don't want to get up. You can't get up. You're at work, but you don't get anything done. It just kills the productivity. And yeah. So don't be afraid to ask for any help at all. Definitely go and get some help if you need it. Ask your friends, ask your family. You know, the, the first step to, to sorting it out is to, uh, you know, allowing yourself to believe it's there and, and, yeah, and get straight it. to fixing it. Yeah, man. That's powerful. That's so amazing that yeah. you've, what you've said as well. Like, and I think that, you know, that is something that would have been so taboo or whatever to even admit what you've just said to say yeah i've been and like go do it like that's so important to make it so feel so effortless which it's not it is a tough thing to do it's very for you to make it sound like you know what i I gave myself a time limit and when it didn't pan out i've gone and got help and it's the best thing i ever did those like the chapters of that is just so important to be like well hey and then and you being like now i can think clearly the amount of people that are suffering from exactly what you just said where like there's so much going on the noise that the noise, noise is just like mm. unrelenting and it then impacts your ability to do the job at the best that you possibly can or be a manager at the best you possibly can it, or sleep as good as you need to to recover yeah. all of those elements are affected if you Leave that unchecked. Yeah, and it affects all your relationships as well with your mm. family, your spouse, your friends. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, get it checked and and look into it. How many people have like you know that have the irrational anger or whatever like you know, and it all stems from because there's just things that have never been addressed, and when they go and do that work, and all of a sudden their quality of life and the quality of their relationships and everything just increases tenfold because oh, like yeah. they've, they've worked out, why do I feel like this? Why do mm. I react like this? Why do I behave like this? Yeah, well, it's yeah. because of insert fucking childhood trauma or yeah. whatever it is that yeah. pretty much everyone has, but it just sits there, festers, like you said before, under the surface. and It bubbles. Ne- it just bubbles away slowly and then it'll come out. Yeah. It'll just come out. It'll pop its head and out. It'll cause bigger problems than if you just like accepted it. Yeah. 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 And again, it comes down to you now being able to be like, you know, your worker comes and goes, hey, mate, I'm in a bad position. Do you care if like over these next couple of weeks, like I am I want it, the only days I can get in to see a therapist, is there some way we can work around it? Because you've got that lived experience, you go, yeah, mate, we'll figure it out. Leave it with me. We'll try and figure it out and we'll work and we'll, we'll, we'll get it happening. You know, could you possibly do it here, here and here with this work? Can you speak to them? And they come back and you negotiate it because you're like- I want my worker to feel the best. I want him to have the clarity that I've now got through going through that process. And if me as the boss can support him in doing that, everyone wins, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, but someone who hasn't got that or hasn't gone through that, 
the person below them isn't going to feel as comfortable to come up and go, hey, do you try and be honest in that with your workers as well? Like, do you, do you, do you have a pretty open book policy about what you're going through? Because there's so much power in like, seeing your boss as a human being as opposed to like a figurehead of power. Yeah. Mm, I would say in my situation that it doesn't get delved into too deeply, but I, my focus is mainly like when we have our one-on-one meetings, it's it's mostly on on the boys to make sure they're okay. Yeah. So, but, you know, I, at the crux of it, I, I believe that everyone deserves to have a happy life. So, yeah, man. I, that, I, I try to put supports into place because, you know, it's it's easy to let someone go and just say, no, nah, don't worry about it and let, let the next person deal with that. But, you know, at yeah. the end of the day, like, that's another human being and they need to have a happy life as well, just exactly. like everyone. So, and yeah. then if you, and it could be that you going, you know what, like, this just isn't working, man, pack your bags, is well, the straw that breaks the camel's back and, like, I, if, that, if I ever do that to someone, man, I could never forgive myself. Yeah. Mm. Like, and it does happen. You know, that's yeah. the thing. You know, that, that people that just have no awareness of the impact of their, you know, comments, decisions, thoughts, whatever, um, it just creates more problems. You know, yeah. and the ripple gets bigger with that, man. But honestly, thank you so much for, for all of that, man. It's really, it's really yeah, amazing. Man. And you should that's be nice. super proud of yourself for not just what you've achieved at the age that you're at. Um, I can't only imagine the next time you come on wormholes, you're probably going to be fucking running 23 companies. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> That's what you're by 26, man, you've, uh, you've got a very bright future ahead of you. And if you keep those same principles that you've got now, um, I can imagine that you're going to have a long and, and very happy career, man. So, yeah, you should be super, super proud. I've only just met you. Two hours ago, we're playing footies mm. under the table, man. I'm a, <laughs> That's it. I'm a big Mitch fan, bro. Big so Mitch fan. Well, thanks for the kind words. I do appreciate that. Fucking no. Thanks. All right. Well, before we dip in, oh. I want to do song, song of the week. week. Yes, we've missed it. We, for the last we've forgotten. Of we, we, we got this little segment called Song of the Week. Oh, right. No. And it's. <laughs> Are you a music man? Do you love music? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have the fucking Makita Makita fucking thing on site cranking? It's, it's the most in- important tool on site. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Eh? It Music really makes is. such a difference. Oh, to bro, hundred percent, hundred percent. It is just so important um, to to be able to, and like it just adds a fucking again the frequency. You've yeah. got that going over above the tools or when the tool finishes for a second, you hear the fucking bang it uh, uh, yeah. in the yeah, background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do some beats for sure. Yeah, Brings the team nice. together. Oh, yeah, definitely. So hit us with, yeah, what, what have you been playing the most this week? Has there been yeah, what's anything this? that's on repeat? Even just personally, when you're in the car, it doesn't have to be on yeah. site. Just something that you've been jamming oh, in the look, last week oh, or so. If I'm honest, I don't really listen to the music when I'm in the car, just the podcasts. Yeah. I'm such a culprit for that now Podcast and audio book type guy. But I have to say, I don't know what the song's called, but there's one that is getting hammered on TikTok at the moment. They play it on fresh. It seems like it's every second song. Oh, how's it? How's it? What are the lyrics? How's it go? Do you want to dance, baby? Have you heard the one? <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the worst. That's uh, the first time someone's saying <laughs> song of the week. I'm so happy so about good. that. We cut that out. That's so good. I'm going to find the TikTok. I'm going to like, we're going to. Yeah, Can I'll, you we'll actually, find it. Uh, yeah, add the sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll talk about that. And we'll be like, it's that song. And then you'll you'll sing that little bit. And then we'll go into the song. Then we'll go into the song. We'll go fucking viral. We'll find it, bro. We'll find it. We'll find it. All right. So, uh, Unfound TikTok song is your song of the week. Yeah, it has to be, I think. Love it's just it. getting hammered everywhere. We'll find it. We'll, f- we'll hunt it And down. everyone turns the radio up as soon as it comes yeah? on. Yeah? They keep cranking it, yeah. Fuck yeah, killer. <laughs> all right, Jamie, we'll hit us with, hit us with uh, yours. I'm still trying to pick mine, so you go You go right. with yours, because okay. I, I did have one in mind, but I can't remember what it was now. Okay. All right, well, my song of the week, I've, I've already got mine sussed, is uh, Sleep Talk by Dayseeker. 
Mm, you so, do love a bit of day seeker. So yeah, but you know the thing is, is I've only kind of in the last six months have I actually gotten around day seeker. Like I heard this song in 2019 when it first came out, and I was like, yeah, it, it's cool. Well, I heard this album, should I say? Um, yeah, it's cool, but it's like I don't know, just didn't 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 jump out at me. And then they released one a couple of months ago called Neon Grave, and I was like, this slaps. Like this is heavy. It's catchy. It's fucking like everything you want in a heavy song. And then literally a couple of days ago, like it just uh, sleep talk uh, came on on shuffle, and it was just like it's not heavy or anything like that. Mm. I mean, it's still a hardcore song, but it's compared to you know a heavy song. It's not. It's just so catchy, dude. Like just so catchy. Like the melodies are just unbelievable. You love a bit of catchy groove as well, don't you? I do. Love it has to be groove. stupid heavy. <laughs> I got mine. I remember what it is now. Go on. Shout it. out to Sedative, another Perth band who has oh. reached out to jump on the pod. Yeah. Remember we went and listened to, after they messaged us, we listened to it through the laptop speakers, which again, sounds good, but it's not the full yeah, experience. Yeah, full experience. But yeah. their song, the breakdown came on through the laptop speakers and we were like, oh, God damn. Well, <laughs> yeah. when I left after that night, I put it on in the car yeah. to listen to it through a bit more yeah. fucking oomph. The song's Ramil Devane or Varney or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm probably butchering the name. But yes, that song slaps and Fuck, I'm excited yeah. to get those guys uh, yeah. on the pod. So That'd shout out to, to Sedative from Perth. Perth. We're getting the Perth love, man. Yeah. Most yeah. of our like, That's guests awesome. that we've done on a Zoom call have been Perth. Yeah, I don't know what it which is. Which is that. fucked now that it's daylight saving. Yeah. So like, we got to start the pod at fucking 11 p.m. <laughs> so that it's a reasonable time for those motherfuckers. It's going to have Oh, I mean, we can do a fucking... Well, the, the, those guys, I think we've got one booked with them. I think they're like, yeah, we can jump on from six. So that's only oh, 8.30, that's right. so yeah. that's not too that's bad. A, that's okay. But uh, yeah, that's All my right. uh, song of the week. I fucking love it, man. Love <laughs> it. That means it's time for... The, the guest yonos. All right. You hit him with number one, all my right. man, on I'll the theme him. of music. On the theme of music, what is your favourite song of all time? Oh, wow. <laughs> I love that reaction. We're going to do, do a hypercut one day yeah, where it's like everyone's the... reaction to that. Oh, yes, what a good oh, idea. Oh, oh, oh wow. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, the fuck. Yeah, I, I don't even think I could tell you. Nah, wow. okay. Well, what about top three then? Yeah, could you give us a couple? Something, surely something comes to mind as like a pretty high Something, favorite. Something that's been on my mind a lot lately that- Seems to be coming on a lot. I, I feel like it's coming a lot. It's an old school tune. It's Holiday by Green Day. Yeah. Oh. So it's a good it's a good old one. I, like yeah. I played that in my school Holiday. band. Yes. In year nine, dude. What, what'd you play? What instrument? I was drums. Cool. I play drums too. Oh, there yeah. we go. Oh, a couple of drummers. <laughs> a couple in the of room. drummers. I wouldn't consider myself a drummer anymore. I can yeah. basically do fucking boom boom <laughs> like fucking rock beats now <laughs> yeah, with yeah, a double yeah. kick and the occasional fucking do 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 <laughs> and go back into the beat. That's the extent of my knowledge. It's still pretty now. good though. My wife's literally over here laughing at me being like, yep, that's all what? we can is do. That, is that a fib? <laughs> is that a fib? <laughs> oh, no, but I'm not like, like you The thing is I go on TikTok and I see the fucking, there's like a seven-year-old prodigy who's oh, like playing fucking blast beats. You can't compare yourself no. to a prodigy though, bro. You think about how, yeah, but how many fucking be- seven-year-old prodigies are there? There's like 40,000 of them If you think now. drums are bad, you should see guitar prodigies. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. That so- makes me fucking depressed. When they're just fucking playing the most yeah, ridiculous playing with the tongue and shit, you're just like, fuck's yeah. sake. Like. <laughs> but there's a guy from, oh, I forget his name now, but there's a guy from Adelaide who was in a, quite a few bands that has no hands. You ever really? Remember that guy? No. He was one of Pado's mates as well. Oh. Fuck, I can't remember what band he was in, but he has no hands, tapes the drumsticks, like has things where these drumsticks are yeah. taped to his thing wow. and plays the drums. That's unstoppable, That's, that's tight. 
what excuse do I fucking yeah. have to only be playing yeah. rock beats? You could just be like a noise. When this dude has no noisy. fucking hair. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Insane. Oh, fucking hell. Do you want to hit him with number two then? Question number two. Who is your favorite comedian or comedic actor? Oh, I don't think you can go past Carl Barron, surely. Yeah. Oh. So we haven't had Carl Bazzer, I don't Have reckon. we not had Carl Barron? Not as a, not as a favorite comedian answer. Right? It's, it's, it's either him or Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's got yes. some good content. But Carl Barron is probably the first comedy style I ever got introduced to like as as a young person and I yeah. was like yeah this guy's funny me yeah. too because he's, he's, o- he's Aussie he's, he's Aussie so yeah you know he's a bit more relatable in that way so right and, as, and he, is, he has a brand of comedy that was like he was the first you know you could watch him as a young kid and it wasn't too intense or whatever yeah because like even though I think back now like my dad showed me Delirious like way too early oh, now yeah. I think about it like I wouldn't be showing Winston fucking Delirious at 10 years old yeah um, and now that's probably why I'm the fucking filthiest comedian yeah, myself yeah, yeah, um, watching that shit but yeah Carl Bar- I literally am on the hunt my dad's hopefully got them for me the first two Carl Barron DVDs because yeah. they were just Unreal. amazing dude yeah. and I, I, I've talked about this on the pod before but in his second one where he does the Irish teacher do you know that bit where he does like the you know he remembers this Irish teacher from school that he couldn't understand at all um, that bit is one of the first memories I have of like l- losing my shit laughing hysterically to the point of like hyperventilating. That's probably my <laughs> earliest memory of yeah, doing that where I'm shit. like thought I was going to die from like suffocating on a laugh. How good so, is like actual laughter to the point where you're like physically breathe. hurt? Yeah. It's good. Oh, like, there's, there's only been a very few times in my life. It's yeah. such a good release as well yeah. though when you get a proper laugh. Yeah. Like that. Oh, it's good. It is. It feels incredible. There's a, there's a, another one that I can off Bo Burnham's, second to last special yeah and there's just a line in a song that i just did not see coming erica was asleep next to me and i was like yeah again like gasping for air she was just knocked out like a light and i was like like couldn't believe how fucking funny this thing was really yeah dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shit, she even so who's the joker right now just fucking Fuck. laughing maniacally it was so funny have though. I ever told you about like this is the one the one like hearty ass fucking laugh that I can remember right have I ever told you the story about Plugger I don't think so oh, you would remember if I had I won't tell it now because it's a long story but okay. we'll bring it up one, we'll remember to bring it up when it's just you and me one time okay all right. because oh my god it's, it's this guy who just like long story short right he pulls up on our driveway and rips a huge burnout and we don't know this guy Right, so we'll, 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 we'll get back what a to fucking cliffhanger. Yeah, to, to come we'll back, get back to, to one day. But the plugger story, man, plugger. That, was like, that was one because he's not played as plugger. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 amazing. But, question, uh, question number three. Question number three. Have you ever meditated before? Yeah, actually, I meditate almost every morning. Yeah, like, part, part of my routine is half an hour in the morning. Almost as soon as I get up, I, I I'll get dressed and I'll go out and sit on a, in winter, I go turn the heater on and I sit in front of the heater on a chair and I sit there for half an hour and I um, think about various different things. Or I, I, my meditation for me is any silent moment, um, yeah, but okay. that's a specific time that I set aside every morning. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, depending on what I've got going on uh, is what I'll be thinking about or if I think about just nothing, but Every morning, yeah. half an hour is my meditation time. That's yeah. so good. I, I value actually dedicate that. time. Yeah, I, I think it's necessary, if, especially if you're, if what you do on a daily basis involves like just on flat chat all day long. Like you need some sort of reprieve where you can gather your yeah. thoughts. 
Yeah. So important, man. And again, that that's the kind of stuff that allows you to be, you know, in the mindset and whatever that you are. And that it is. It's like a multifaceted approach as well, right? So, you know, you mentioned that you've done the therapy, but then it's like that stuff is what you, you know, the work's it's not the done. It's the maintenance. It's the maintenance. Mental fitness. We've mental talked about fitness. this. We had someone come on the pod and he said, you know, mental health has such this stigma around it. I like to call it mental fitness so that you think about it as like the fitness that you do at the gym. Yeah. You can't just go to the gym for a year and then have fitness for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, it is an ongoing thing that you have to continuously work on. That's There's going awesome to be days and weeks it. and months where you might do more work than others and you might have to get yourself back into it, but the job's never done. And, 100%. you know, you doing that for yourself every morning is part of what keeps you. If you stop that tomorrow, then two months down the track you know you might be back to a, a feeling of worse that you've had before you know yeah definitely mm. i need I to get back into fucking i need to make sure i'm meditating better but yeah me too me too remember on i don't know if i've actually mentioned this but remember way back when we had callum on the pod and he talked about journaling yeah and i yeah, said yeah, i yeah. want to start doing that now of yeah. course i didn't do it straight away but yeah. when shit was hectic at the beginning of this year i downloaded an app on my phone yeah. Um, it's the shittest fucking app because it throws ads out left, right, and center. But I have journaled consistently since February of this year. Really? Pretty much since no I got shit. made redundant. Like, right, that's wow. like my first entry into the journal. Yeah. yeah. Initially, it was like two or three times a week, then yeah. went to once a week. And now it's basically fortnightly, where like, oh, after two weeks, I'll be like, oh, I need to fucking up. do it. But then I'll just mention the shit that's been going on in the last couple of weeks. I write it in like just a funny, like, talking to myself kind of way yeah and i've been able to do it consistently for six months and yeah it's just a really cool I, I now that and now that i have the more that i've done it the more that i've been like this is so cool to have like my thoughts and feelings mm. and worries and and excitement all detailed yeah so that you know in another year or so time i can go back and be like wow that was so crazy that i was worried about this or thinking about this and you know i think you know one of the tools that i use for for helping my beautiful wife or other people i'm like you know going back and looking at a version of yourself that thought that the thing that you were going through at that time was impossible to get over um, and that you were never going to be able to get through it and, and really putting yourself in that position and realizing that you didn't need to be worried and that you were going to be fine and then using that for the next challenge that comes up is such an important thing. Well, this gives you tangible evidence yeah, of like yeah. me being like, you know, I'm worried about this or how's this going to go? I even wrote in it when I bombed a couple of, Did like, you? you know, I wrote in it after that yeah. night and I was like, dude, I had the worst gig of my life. And now I can, you know, I wrote in it last night, I think, and was like, hey, after Murray Bridge last yeah. week, dude, you're still the fucking show. king. Yeah. You know, so like being able to see all of those different moments and not just have to think about those times, but actually to see the written word of like, yeah, I was struggling at this time, but look where I am now and look what I was worried about and I didn't need to be. Yeah. yeah. It's so important. Have you ever journaled? And uh, is that something you've done uh, before? I've, I've started and stopped journaling. Yeah, I yeah. find it hard to be consistent, but man, hats off to you for doing that. That's awesome for like self-reflection as well. Like you can mm. sit down at the end of every day and, and, and think about like your day and how you're feeling and stuff and recognize that. And like even ten years from now, when you get to reread that, I'd be like, "Man, I remember that day." Like yeah, you'll get, you'll get, you'll get a really clear. I reckon that'll imprint that feeling, and you'll you, you'll be able to remember that a lot easier going going forward. You'll that's just what, that's read a, over it. And think that's a about big it. reason for it is that I've realised that there's like, especially through, unfortunately, the amount of my life that I've spent fucking either doing fucking various recreational drugs or whatever, and I was really depressed that there's a chunk of my life that I don't have a great memory of do you know what i mean that i don't like have 
can recollect every moment. Sometimes I'll be drinking with my mates or whatever, and they'll be talking about a time. And I'll be like, man, I just don't remember that. Like yeah. They're talking about these specifics on these days. And I'm like, man, I just don't remember that. And I do have a lot, like a very good memory for a lot of things, but like hearing those blanks and like wonder if that's because of the amount that I just wrote myself off in those times has also been why I've been motivated to be like, I don't want to get another 10 years and be like, this part of my life is a blur as well. Like yeah. this allows me to feel confident about that I'm actually documenting these things and that there's, you know, stuff that I can look back, like you said, and that the, it'll trigger the memory yeah. of like what is specifically what happened because I'm reading the words and the feelings at that time. So, yeah, man, I urge you to start doing oh, it. Oh, yeah, man, I think I like, should, yeah. Especially ne- with an app that lets you fucking- like, Yeah, like, I'll send you what it is. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Again, all you got to do is after you hit save, it makes you watch an ad before you can get out of it and it will save properly. But I mean, everything's got fucking ads now. Yeah. Hey, um, that's hey. the only downside, but it's really cool. Like it makes you pick an emotion. Okay, cool. That's also awesome. like we, when that's you open cool. a new yeah. page, it, it gives you a range of emotions. And like I've written in my diary, like somewhere through it, I'm like, it's pretty cool that I've only picked like a negative emotion, maybe two out of like 50 entries. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty good sign. That I wrote that in there. I was like, you know, to think that over all of these entries, I've only had to do that. That's a, a cool feeling to have. Yeah. So the fact that you pick an emotion and then, yeah, you just like write a title. I always like write some funny as fucking title. Yeah. And then just, yeah, write shit, man. And then done. Yeah. Like do it when I'm laying in bed, the, the app fucking harasses me all the time and says like, do you want to remember? Yeah, I thought about good. turning the notifications off, but I'm like, no, because as soon as you turn it off, you'll forget about yeah, it. 100%. So like a deal with fucking swiping them away every day. And then when I'm like one night, it'll pop up and I'll be like, oh, I All need right. to fucking do that. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for anyone listening, you've heard Generally, it on the pod yeah. so many times before that, you know, people that are, have come a long way with their mental health um, have benefited from journaling. Well, I can absolutely give you my fucking testimonial that you should do it. It's, mm. um, it's really good. Erica as well, like, you know, has been now pretty consistently um, journaling now for the last couple of months and you found it really therapeutic as well to, mm. to really help you about, um, you know, realizing that you're on the right path with working on your mental health. And um, yeah, I really can't speak highly enough. Of Fuck it, so. yeah. That's dope. That's Absolutely. Dope. And yeah, meditating, fucking- you know, again, that's yeah. one thing. Oh, it is, and I think that's, we've talked about this a lot, but something like that where I'm stopping and, and I'm focused on writing something down. That's a form of meditation. Yeah, I yeah, always absolutely. used to think that meditation and people come on the pod, you know, it's a quiet room. It's the fucking cross-legged bloody humming, um and on, you know, yeah. which is not at all. Yeah. It's like f- finding some sort of state of like, you know, focus or, or, or defocus even that allows you to like, you know, release or, or, or de-stress that's that's meditation as far yeah, as i'm concerned definitely so. it, 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 for, i mean it varies for every person but even for, for me a moment of meditation could be having some silence and focusing in on a problem that's worrying me and just really thinking hard critically about how that problem can be solved mm. and you know, just taking a few moments for yourself is important fucking that's a very cool way of like yeah even just like problem solving can be meditative because you start it, you know, here's the issue. And then by the end of it, you're, you, that's that weight off your shoulders of like, I can just actually do this and that'll probably sort it out. Yeah. That's a pretty interesting yeah, thing to think of meditation. Yeah, I, I like that Yeah, a lot. I like that too. Fucking oath. You want to hit him with number four? Yeah, well, who knows what question it is now because this is where we always get a little bit lost. Yeah, but we, um, harking back to the middle part of this episode, is there, uh, you, you've probably kind of answered it, but is there one like conspiracy theory that just has always stuck out to you as, as like that has to be, that has to be real or true 
the moon landing. Yeah. Is, oh, I'm still stuck on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure about it. Yeah, I'm the same. There's there's a lot of um, inconsistencies and things that just go like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, there's a lot of wind on there for some reason. And- yeah, which the, when there shouldn't <laughs> be, there's flags waving. Uh- yeah, there's they, like- they didn't even have color TV. How did they get a rocket on the moon? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. I'm like, how did they do that? How did they get camera equipment? Yeah. <laughs> that would go through that belt of gravity. Live. And survive. Live, yeah. Yeah, and do it live. Yeah, we yeah, could even, we never could even live that. stream fucking- We could even fucking multi-stream to TikTok right now. Oh. How the fuck are we streaming from, from the moon? And the fact that everyone, like, again, the fact that everyone was just like, oh, yeah, cool, that's a thing. Yeah. And, like, how dare we question that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, man. That's a good one. What what was the studio that they said they filmed it at? Was it Paramount Studios or something? They thought that they actually filmed it at? What's the studio that like always gets like tied into the deep state? Is it Universal or Paramount? I can't remember. Yeah, Yeah. I can't remember. But there's one really infamous studio that always gets tied in with the deep state about the way they film like a lot of this kind of stuff. Wild, isn't it? Yeah. I always just think of that Red Hot Chili Peppers song all the time. Every time (laughs) we talk about this, they're like, space may be the final frontier, but it's made in a Hollywood basement. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Such a fucking good line. You know, again, that truth in plain sight shit. Yeah. Get fucking Anthony Kiedis to sing it beautifully. That's a good song, man. Yeah, that's such a good song. That's a fucking good song. Californication. Shout out to fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers, man. Fucking oath. What a banger band. Question number five. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given and you might have actually already said it and i want you to even if this isn't the best piece of advice what was that line that you said earlier yeah uh, that, yeah that yeah that real banging that you had earlier um he who has a wire can bear anyhow oh dude so good yeah mm. yeah. yeah can well, that well, fit in the episode title name yeah if we can fit that yeah that's the fucking title yeah, right let's there. do it let's do mm. it um like anything fit, where did that come from Wait, who gave you, who passed, bestowed that wisdom so upon you? So I heard Jordan Peterson say that on a YouTube yeah, video. Yeah, nice. Um, I listen to a lot of Jordan Peterson. I listen to a lot of those types of people as well. And they say a lot of quotes like that. But that's the one that's really stuck out to me because it's mm. important. You need to know why you're doing what you're doing. Exactly. If yeah. you don't, you, you, you're not going to get to where you want to be. Yeah. And you said that as well, like in your, when you were talking just about the businesses or whatever, like it, it, you know, you phrased it in a different way, but it was like, you know, sitting there and understanding, oh, it was the advice that you have for anyone else. Yeah. And you were like, think about why that you want to do this thing. Like it is so powerful to understand mm. what like we, you know, if someone goes, why do you do the podcast? We can rattle off a fucking answer as yeah. to why. So that's the motivation to keep doing it because we understand why we're doing it. Yeah. It's not to become famous. We're not here to fucking whatever. Like we, if we can positively impact the life of someone- either coming on the pod or listening to the pod. That's what we're here for. And also for me, like quite honestly, like doing this is my mental health like release. Like, so like I'll be feeling fucking mega anxious about something. He'll roll around and he'll start chatting and we'll start talking about shit and then someone will roll up. And then by the end of it, whether we talk about mental health or not, I'm feeling like 10 times better. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange because it's like, there's so many reasons, but for me, that like personally, that's one of the biggest reasons why I, I do this anyway. Yeah. 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 It's super cathartic, man. Yeah. yeah. We've said it all the time. Like there's been that many episodes where I've like rang you on the way home and I'm just like, dude, that was so fucking good. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. So it's, it's for us as well. That's awesome. Fucking nice. Um, uh, one more before we get into the all important. Yeah. Um, we love this one now. And again, always shout out to Nick from The Better Project. But uh, what are three things that you're grateful for today? I'm grateful for my partner, Nicola. 
I'm going to tear up now. Oh, <laughs> shout out. Um, shout out to Nicola. How long have you guys been together for? Uh, we're coming on four years now. Oh, amazing. Yeah, awesome. She's like my support rock, man. That's nah, awesome. And a business um, partner now as well. She's the- pre- pre- Pretty much. Yeah. She's like my she's like my right hand uh, woman yeah. in everything. Yeah. So, fuck yeah. Dude. That's awesome. I'm, I'm grateful for my entire family um, and I'm just grateful to be alive and to live a happy life. Yeah. That's amazing, That's cool, man. Dude. I love Fuck. that question. So yeah, I love it. Uh, fucking got goosebumps. Yeah. 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 That's so special. Hey, right, right and that's why heart. we like throwing it in there because it's yeah. good. And it's the perfect segue from the from the heartfelt and the fun to the all important. To the all mighty. The one that we're always here for. Hit him with right. it. I'm going to focus myself because I get this wrong quite often. I'm going to tear, 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 tear up if you choose the wrong one. Okay, nah. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? Dun, dun. Oh, yeah, we need that. A hundred, a hundred duck-sized horses. Yeah, yeah you go, go the small ones. Go the horses. Yeah, I reckon. Why is that? I, I don't know. He'd probably kick them all. Oh, <laughs> yes. He's a punter as well. We've had a few punters now, haven't we? They, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna need someone to cr- go back and do a tally for us. Yeah, we need someone to go back. We're gonna have to hire some little shifty Irene. <laughs> yeah, it's a just good, to go back and listen to every answer. Tally, and create a tally. Yeah. I'd it's love a to a, see. It's a tough one though, because you you, you you don't give us a lot of information there. That's well, the whole idea. The whole idea. Like, how, how he's told me off for adding nuance to it. No, it's because you add nuance before they've given the answer, and it sways their opinion. No, nah, but you, you you should really specify how fast the uh, horse-sized duck's going to run. They're, no. they're horses. Yeah, Wait. as fast as a horse. The duck's moving as fast oh, as the a horse. Like- you said oh, a, no, no, no. So, so, the, so the ducks stay like ducks and the horses stay like horses, right? But it's just the size. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the little horses are fucking fast. <laughs> so the little horses are oh, fast. God. Context. Stop. You're giving context. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> That's he's so, still, good. He's so one big fuck off duck that moves <laughs> like, like a, duck, a duck, acts like a duck, thinks like a but duck. But it's just big. And yeah, then there's a hundred okay. small horses that move like horses. Oh, what? I don't know then. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever, no one's ever like, backed out. Yeah, of the hey, no one's ever gone no one's ever gone nah. Maybe the one duck is easier. The thing, the thing that I've always thought about the, with the horses is like horses are quite intelligent. Horses are quite fast. And if we're sitting here going like, oh, a duck, it's going to get me, right? Imagine a fucking horse. Like, if everyone's so scared of a duck, they're like, oh, it's a duck, it's going to get me, you know? They're tiny and you're still scared of it. Well, imagine a hundred of those, but they're horses with the aggression, the speed, and the intellect of a horse. Well, they're coming at you. But I, see, I think that- They're coming pe- I think people think is that they're more afraid of the duck because like, like ducks are notoriously more aggressive than uh, like a- like you think it like a lot of people's experience with a horse is like this beautiful majestic yeah. like oh, I'm feeding it a carrot yeah. whereas like a lot of people's experience with a duck is being chased in the fucking botanic gardens yeah. right so I think that that's what's <laughs> translating across to the whole they're thinking of that aggressive duck times fucking this yeah. and then they're thinking oh these cute like think of a fucking Shetland pony no one's afraid of a Shetland pony it's the cutest thing in the world well this is an even smaller fucking Shetland pony but and there's just a hundred of them <laughs> but if you start punting one or two of them you don't think the horses are going to be like hold a minute what's, oh, yeah. what's going on here yeah but think about puppies right like you know there's like cute little pu- like, if it's just like a hundred puppies you're going to punt one they're just going to keep coming back to yeah but that's punter. puppies not horses horses are a lot more aggressive than puppies dude I guess, yeah. If, True. I, I mean, if you're talking about like an adult horse and he's like, this is my family of <laughs> 100 my- horses. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little horse. Little horselings. If it's yeah, Vin Diesel's <laughs> brain in a horse and he's going, you're a fucking family. 
Well then, yeah, that man's going to generate some horsepower. Vin Horsling. <laughs> no, no. Vin Horsling, that's what they are. <laughs> Fucking hell. Love man. it. All oh. right, well, let's wrap it up here, eh? Mitch, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate your time, dude. Thanks Before you go, me. shout out the two businesses. If, you know, wherever they can find you, how's the best way to get in contact you if they want some landscaping, if they want some indoor plants, uh, how are they going to find you? Uh, well, shout out to SAP. Shout out to all the SAP boys as well. Um, best way to contact us is online, probably Facebook or Instagram by typing in SA Premium Landscapes. Uh, Pot Plant Paradise, the best way to get to us is either Instagram, Facebook or directly through our website at www.potplantparadise.com.au. Awesome. And just jump on and get your loved one an indoor plant. Yeah. Don't do buy them flowers. Get them a uh, fucking indoor plant. Well, it's coming into summer now. So, you know, like it's perfect time to be doing it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Erica's going to be going. I can already tell the look in her eyes. She's going to be jumping on the website in the Just car. Having a gaze at the, uh, the produce. Having a little cheeky. You've got to. Yeah, yeah, there you go. See, look at that. That's a yeah, businessman. Yeah, that's right. a businessman. <laughs> <right. laughs> looked over. He's not telling you. He's not suggesting. He's telling you you need to. <laughs> I don't know why I have No, because I know what will happen to the funds in the bank account. <laughs> you have access they're to gonna, a plant store gonna, and you know it's supporting a local bit. Now it's even worse. Now she's got to hear... Yeah. Now she's got to yeah, hear exactly. the story behind the man. She's going to be like, no, literally our life savings now. We're going to help yeah. that dude grow his business. <laughs> You're going to be like, yeah, I saw Mitch again last yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just out like, One delivery per day. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's still a lot. That's 365 deliveries a year. No weekends or? No, we work weekends. Oh, oh, 365. No Christmas? The hustle never I'll stops. I'll deliver any day you need me to. Oh, oh shit. We, do, we, wow. deliver out, we deliver out birthday gifts on the day of birthday. So if it's a Sunday, I'll deliver them out on a Sunday. Saturday doesn't phase me. Whatever, what I, need, whatever I need to do to support... Uh, yeah. Birthday gifts will do it. Fuck yeah, that's a awesome. Legend. Well, thank you so much yeah. for coming on, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, we'll have you back at some point in the future so you can tell us about your nine new businesses. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's uh, It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on. No worries. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks,